uh, during the growth group hour. We're glad that you've come back again for our worship service. We were blessed in the first hour to have Stephen Atkinson with Christian Witness to Israel share about their ministry. You can get more information out there in the foyer. Um, There's a lot of great resources. Um, We were so blessed the first hour. He's going to come and preach from the word. And so we are so thankful to have him. His wife and daughter are out there as well. And so um, after the service, I'm sure you want to get to know him. So Stephen, come and bless us a second hour with the word of the Lord. Let's give him an Emmanuel welcome. Thank you again for having me. Thank you for the invite. Uh, I have been blessed just even in the brief time that I've been among you. It's a joy to be with you. Uh, for the opportunity to uh, speak of the ministry of Christian Witness to Israel. Uh, yes, the, the slide said July 12th. I think I, I, we, I got my dates wrong or something at one point, but uh, we've now corrected that to July 19th. I haven't gone back to the future or any of those things. Um, <clears throat> again, for those who weren't in the earlier hour, very, very brief intro of myself. I've been a pastor for half my ministry life, Uh, in Northern Ireland and England, Uh, so there's where the accent has uh, originated. But for 16 years, I've been working with Christian Witness to Israel, eight years as their Ireland representative, traveling all over Ireland uh, in churches and the UK. Uh, And in 2012, we made the move over here to become uh, CWI's uh, representative in the U.S. or to head up the work and really try to expand as best we can. Christian Witness to Israel uh, is a gospel ministry to the Jewish people worldwide. Um, We have workers in the land of Israel, but as I stated earlier, we have workers all around the world, wherever Jewish people are. And I would love to raise up even more workers in the U.S. As I uh, again stressed earlier, the uh, Jewish population in the U.S. is the second largest in the world Uh, with some five and a half to six million Jewish people here in the U.S. That's about 42% of the world's Israel lives here. And therefore, we who love Israel should have a love that is gospel love to the Jewish people that are here. That really is my desire and burden to grow the interest, the, the, the biblical burden, the reason, the Uh, the resources, and I don't mean that just financially, I mean in terms of equipping and assisting the church to be its own Christian witness to the people Israel here in the United States. So, uh, with all that said, I I don't want to take too much time because I need to get into the Word, but please do avail yourself of the resources that are there. Uh, In particular, um, the little summary card and support card on the rear as well, a little summary card of our ministry, and a little bookmark. Please put it in your Bibles and pray for us. Uh, When you open your Scriptures, pray for the Jewish people. And a little Bible study on the back of that card as well can lead you into some uh, pertinent verses. Uh, As I said earlier, too, and I know in the present circumstances, um, we prefer sometimes not to take things. I know you're without bulletins, Um, I'm going to leave some of this stuff for uh, another week, uh, or rather, I'll leave it with you. And so, if you want to come and take it next week, um, when it's been sitting there uh, for a week, that's fine by me. I'll leave some of the resources as well. Or, if you feel comfortable taking this stuff 
uh, today, please do so as well. But uh, yes, the, the resources are there to equip and assist the church. This morning, I want to talk about the gospel, um, and particularly, as you see, the power of God. Um, with my accent back home, I would say the power of God. I'm, I'm stretching it now into two syllables as the accent changes, the power of God. We say in Northern Ireland and, and in the Scots-Irish, you say the power of God. So uh, some people have misunderstood that as if we're playing golf and the par, P-A-R. But So I'll try to uh, stretch it to the two syllables as that particular word is going to be repeated quite often uh, in, in what I'm saying this morning. But first, let's turn to the Scriptures and read there, as you see, from Romans chapter 1 and verses 15 onwards. Romans 1, 15 through to, through to 20, although indeed 20 continues on the rest of the chapter, very, very important and applicable verses as well. But we'll simply read at this point 15 to 20 of Romans chapter 1. Let us hear the Word of God. So, I am eager says the Apostle Paul, I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. We'll end there. May the Lord bless and teach us from his word. There's a lot of talk about power these days in the present circumstances. The power of the president, the power of the states, the power of the governor. Again, uh, rehearsing some of the things that I said earlier, but after living here eight years, we were delighted and thrilled last year to become citizens, and we had to learn your civics. You probably know more about them than many of you do. No, it's, it's all forgotten. But we had to learn the powers, the separation. Of, we had to learn how you operate and the various powers, and there's a lot of talk at the moment about power. But I want us to step really back from that I don't want to enter into that controversy at all, but rather talk about the power of God. God is dynamic. The Greek word dunamis, 
his dynamism is in the world. Whatever the circumstances, his dynamism is clearly seen, says the Scriptures. And his power is applied to us. Amazing grace. And we want to think about that as we come to an understanding, a better understanding of the gospel. As the gospel applies to us, and as the gospel applies to us and others, as we bring that gospel in our ministry and in your local ministry, we bring that gospel to our Jewish friends and to the Gentiles. We read earlier from Ephesians chapter 1, um, in Ephesians, or from, from Ephesians 2, but rather in Ephesians 1, verse 19, Paul offers ceaseless prayers that the Ephesians may know this, what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us. And that's really my prayer for you today, that you would know something of the immeasurable greatness of God's power for you and for mission. The gospel is the divine dynamic. It is the power of God. In the original Greek, there is no article, and it's not saying that the gospel um, and, and the power of God is a part of God. No. We're saying this is, this is God working dynamically in the lives of His creation. And as we walk through some of these verses in, in, in Romans 1, we see that this activity of God is for us and to us. What a wonderful thing that God has done to bring this gospel, this power of God, for us, to us. And that drives our ministry to the Jewish people. We are not on a lost cause, any of us. We are on a kingdom cause, driven by the, the dynamic of a powerful, all-powerful God. So, I have four points that I want to uh, bring before you in uh, in Northern Ireland preaching, you can't have your points unless they're all alliterated. They're all the same heading, so all, all the same letter. So I've, I've got four for you. Actually, they're not quite the same lettering, but you'll understand. I want us to see God's power revealed in His wrath, in His righteousness, in the recipients, and in the resurrection. We find these in these verses. First of all, God's power revealed in wrath. Verse 18, chapter 1 of Romans says this, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. And I want you to notice even in passing, although I'm not going to make a big mention of it, but notice the word for all the way through his argument. For this, for this, for this. The reason he is bringing the gospel, the reason he is so burdened to share the gospel, the reason he's so eager to preach the gospel is four, 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 four. And one of those fours is the wrath of God is revealed, verse 18. And then also in verse 20, his eternal power clearly seen, they are without excuse. We need to say immediately that the gospel is good news. 
because without it, there is only bad news. That may not be a nice thing to say, Mr. Preacher, in our wonderfully politically correct society or those that want to preach your best life now. No, but if we're going to pray, preach a biblical gospel, we begin with the bad news. It begins with wrath, and that's where the apostle begins. For the wrath of God is revealed. You remember, think of it in this way. This is God's settled, dynamic anger against sin and the sinner. His eternal power is seen in the cosmos. It's seen in His creation, says uh, verse 20. Hebrews 1.13 says, He upholds the universe by the word of His power. God is dynamically, intricately involved in every aspect of life on this cosmos, in this cosmos, and on this earth. And by His prerogative, and by His power, He may shake the heavens and the earth, His power is seen even in our present crisis of COVID-19. At least we may have learned one thing. Man is not God. Man's impotence. <laughs> the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs. I hope, I hope, our world will learn this. And however long it takes us to learn this, please, God, have mercy. But there have been times in history when He shook the heavens and the earth. The celebrities are learning it. The kings and rulers are learning it. The billionaires and bumpkins are learning it. That they are not God. They are not in control. God is. And creation is screaming that God is. We have had the blessed vacation prior to coming here for a couple of weeks to see some parts of the U.S. that we had never seen in our eight years of living here. And we have been up to Glacier National Park, and we have been to Yellowstone, and uh, we, came, we came down yesterday. We went to the Garden of the Gods. We have seen the finger of God. And yet the world says it's all evolution and billions of years. Well, the wrath of God is revealed. When creation is screaming at you, verse 20, you are without excuse. He has revealed His power. And my friend, you are a sinner in the hands of an angry God. You may suppress that truth. You may think it's all just evolution and billions of years, and when you're done, you're done. You are without excuse. And remember, God is not randomly angry like, like the... Muslim God that just kind of throws the thunderbolts whenever He so desires. This is the consuming fire. This is the settled wrath of God 
against his, those who say that there is no God. His gloriously revealed finger-cut nature. If we see that and deny, his wrath is revealed against that. And this is why the apostle is so burdened. This is why the apostle is so obligated, as he says, I am obliged, I am eager to preach the gospel because God's power is revealed in His wrath. Can I press upon you also the power of sin that keeps us in that unbelief? Maybe that's you today. The power of indwelling sin that he must crush, that he must break with the gospel. Again, so much talk. We're learning so much and we're so much we don't know about the invisible enemy of the virus. Here's another invisible enemy. The virus of our sin-bent nature that, that, that is total in terms of mankind. There's many things that I could use by way of illustration concerning our sin-bent nature and the suppressing the truth of God's Word and God's righteousness and God's standards, but I read a news article from, from England. Um, I get my news from England. I, I, I listen to Sky News uh, rather than uh, some other news, but I, I read a news article from England. And one of the one of the major players in the UK task force um, for, against the virus broke lockdown and uh, went to meet up with his lover, who was a married woman. The press went wild. How dare he? How dare he? What a sinner! Of course, what was the sin? The sin wasn't the adultery. That's not a big deal. The sin was he broke lockdown. Oh, wow. Well, there is man's warped mind. We need to begin to realize that God's power is revealed in wrath. Let's read the bad news before we read the good news. His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, verse 20. Oh, my friends, that, that this world in the present crisis, please, God, show mercy, but at least show us that you are, that God is. And man is a puny little being and indeed a sinner in the hands of an angry God, because only when we get the bad news can we move on to the good news, and it's glorious. God's power is revealed in wrath. Secondly, God's power is revealed in righteousness. Verse 17, in righteousness. In it, in it, the gospel, the power of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, notice that, it's not a righteousness of works. The Jewish people work really hard in everything. Most Jewish people are secular. 
and they work really hard at life, liberty, and the pursuit of Jewishness. Our labors in Jewish mission is to tell them of a righteousness that is not of their hard work. Talking with my, my Jewish believing colleague in Pittsburgh, uh, we, we shared notes, and in fact, we ended up on a radio interview program, uh, and we spoke about uh, the Jewish paranoia under the present, even in the, in the present COVID crisis, and this was kind of early on as well, uh, but he, he spoke about Jewish, or, Jewish people are always paranoid <laughs> in life and in death. They don't have the ultimate answer. We hired uh, Mitch Tepper uh, about almost two years ago, 18 months ago or so, uh, in October, a year and a bit ago. And um, three weeks after we hired him in Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh, three weeks after we hired him, there was that massacre in the synagogue. You know, I, it, the Lord has His ways, but I, I remember when I was looking for more missionaries, and I please God, send me more missionaries and resource it. I would love to have more missionaries. And, and when he sent me this missionary in Pittsburgh, Jewish believer, super guy, one-on-one -on -one with people, he's, he's the guy. And the Lord gave me this missionary Pittsburgh, missionary in Pittsburgh, and I thought, could we have one for New York or for L.A. or for uh, the populated Jewish areas? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has 30,000 Jewish people. Not, not a small population, but by the other standards, yeah, it's small. Three weeks after we hired him, the shooting in the Squirrel Hill Synagogue in Pittsburgh. Okay, Lord. Your ways are perfect. And so we had boots on the ground right there in Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh. And he's gone into that synagogue. In fact, he's got thrown out of another synagogue in Pittsburgh, but that's another story. He's not the first Jewish believer to get thrown out of a synagogue. But at that time, the rabbis had no answer. The liberal churches had no answer. Do you know what they did? They gathered on the street corner in Squirrel Hill just after the massacre, and they all armed and arm singing Kumbaya or whatever. Rabbinic rules and regulations brings an external righteousness, but again, it only shows man's impotence. Liberal church doesn't have an answer. Jewish people, have you kept the 613 laws that the rabbis will identify for you? The Jewish apostle had a broken heart for his own Jewish people, and it was that they may be saved and may be saved by a righteousness that is not their own. Romans 10 and verse 4, Christ. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Zealous, hardworking, morally hardworking. Yes, our Jewish friends, they're amazing. Rabbinically hardworking, some of them. Some of them don't believe at all, and some of them don't care. Some of them will just... Uh, uh, enjoy that Big Mac like anyone else, some of them, and some of them will be kosher to the core. But the Jewish apostles said, all have sinned and fallen short. What, all of us? Even, even Jewish people? Yeah, all of us. It's often said that, that Jewish people are just like everyone else, only more so. <laughs> And that's true. 
Gentile, Jew, you've fallen short. That's the bad news. God's power is revealed in telling the bad news. But the gospel, the good news, is about our righteousness, a righteousness that comes from God, a divine dynamic, a divine power in the divine person. God's righteousness in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And that's why we take our Jewish friends to Isaiah 53. By His stripes, we are healed. Romans 10, 4, Christ the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. The righteousness of God, the righteous power of God is revealed in the perfect life and the substitute death and the death-defying resurrection of Jesus. So legally, forensically, God's righteousness is satisfied. It is finished in the death of death, in the death of the well-beloved Son. I think we did read earlier 2 Corinthians 5.1. He became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Oh, I could go off and preach on that. But what what power in that sentence? He became sin for us. That in Him we might become, we, we might become the righteousness of God. The gospel, the power of God reveals a gifted righteousness, my Jewish friends. The gospel reveals a righteousness that is approved in the heavenlies. Sinners in the hands of a powerfully angry God cannot become, by repentance and faith, sinners in the hands of a powerfully protective God. Hmm. What glory there is in that. What grace. What amazing grace in the gospel. Paul, Paul wants to preach it. He's, he's eager. Are you eager to tell this to any Jewish friends you have? I've already heard of some of your Jewish friends. Whoa, wonderful. Are you eager to tell it to your Gentile friends? Because you see, God's power is revealed in wrath. God's power is revealed in righteousness. But the third point we read in verse 16, God's power is revealed in the recipients. To the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile. God's powerful dynamic to save sinners is for everyone. And that's, some people have taken that verse and simply said, that just means, that means everyone. But Paul also identified Jews and non-Jews. This gospel is powerful to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This, this was earth-shattering to the first century group of early Jewish believers in Jesus. The church was Jewish in the first instance. The church was a group of Jesus freaks sitting in the corner of the synagogue. The church was, the church is Jewish. And so Paul is saying to the Jew first and also to, what, to the Greek, 
to the Goyim? To the Jew first? Well, we pause on that. Please note, Jesus Christ did not come to America, despite what Joseph Smith thinks, thought. The whole world was in total, utter darkness. Your descendants, my Scots-Irish descendants, in total darkness, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. The rest of the world was in total darkness. My ancestors were dancing around stone in the Helands of Scotland. I don't know where your ancestors were, but it was total darkness, and God chose to beam a little light of Himself to a tiny little insignificant people in the Middle East 4,000, 5,000 years ago. They were to be the light to the Gentiles. Prophets foretold Him. Jewish people of Old Testament times believed in Him. He came unto His own. He came to His temple. Many believed Him not, but there was Anna, and there was Simeon, and there were thousands who believed the crowds. The, the Pharisees even said, the whole world is turning to Him. The Pharisees said that? Don't think, please, don't think that all the Jews rejected Him. Where did the gospel come from? It's Jewish. They wrote about Him. These are Jewish men. Don't think the Jews completely rejected Him. A small number, always a remnant, a small number believed. And there were thousands after His resurrection, and there were thousands after Pentecost, and there were thousands and thousands more after that gospel was going forth to where? To all the synagogues of the known world. And then to the Gentile world, the Gentile, the light on the knowledge of the glory of God, the power of God to save, was going forth to the Jew first and also to the God-denying, darkened, sin-loving, unclean Goyim Scots. And so it still is to the Jew first and also to the Greek Gentile. I would say, and if I can simply get Jewish mission onto the agenda, I'm happy. I think it's to the Jew last with a lot of churches, or not at all. But I want you to think also that it may be to the Jew first, in the sense of priority, because that word that is used in the Greek has a sense of priority. And it has a sense of priority because, again, we're not going to go there, but in chapter 2 of Romans, it says judgment to the Jew first. Robert Murray McShane, again, I've got to his sermon that he preached after the Scottish mission of inquiry to the Holy Land in 1839. This is the sermon that he preached, Our Duty to Israel. And uh, Robert Murray McShane, in that sermon, uses an illustration that is very helpful. He says that surely the doctor will run to the most needy patient first. And he uses that illustration to say that we Christian Gentiles should be running first to the endangered Jewish people 
because of Romans 2. What does that mean for us here in, in Sterling, Colorado? What does that mean for us here in the United States, as I said, where we have 42% of the world's Jewish population? Are we running, even prayerfully running, because they are endangered? Or we think, as I, as I gave out earlier, of my, my colleagues in Israel who's ministering to the Holocaust survivors. They're running out of time. Are we running as the doctor runs to the most needy patient? Are we running to Brooklyn? Are we running to South Florida? Israel is not a land over there. It's a people, and they're here. And we should be running to the Jew first. God saves sinners, Jew and Gentile. And it's often seen as the Jewish people are those hardened, stubborn, hard-hearted rebel Jews. But we, the church, we are so much... How many thousands of years did your ancestors stubbornly listen, uh, look at the cosmos and say, no, no, we're evolved? How many thousands of years did our ancestors thumb our noses at God who is clearly revealed and say, no? And they prayed for us. I, I mentioned that earlier. Psalm 67 for your homework. Thousand years BC, they were praying that the Gentile world would come to know Israel's God and his salvation. I think that's stunning. They, the Jewish believers, a thousand BC, were praying for us here today. They crossed oceans, Saul, Paul, and all the apostles, they crossed oceans so that we would hear of the God of Israel and His salvation. Let's cross the street for them. Because God's gospel is powerful. Powerfully revealed in wrath. Powerfully revealed in His righteousness. Powerfully revealed in the recipients, rebel, Jew, and Gentile. And finally, powerfully revealed in the resurrection. The resurrection or salvation. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. What is salvation? What is being saved? What, why is it so important? Again, the apostle, the Jewish apostle, writing to the Gentile Corinthian church, although again there would be Jewish believers there, he said that the cross is foolishness to the perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And the disciples, you remember in Acts 1 and 2, they were being told that, 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 that power from on high would come. And what happened? Peter preached. Peter preached on a Jewish festival. Shimon. He preached at Shavuot. He preached on the day of Pentecost. He preached from the prophet Joel. He preached... The Scriptures, the Hebrew Scriptures, and 3,000 were raised to new life. You see, the gospel as it is preached concerning the perfect substitute Savior by whose death and life, by repentance and faith, we receive Him. We receive Him and all He is for us. We receive the righteousness and the powerful work of God revives, rebirths, 
It raises the dead to newness of life. We preach, my brother, pastor, preach it. We preach to dry bones. Ezekiel 37 says, by preaching to the valley of dry bones, the sermon uh, that Spurgeon has, and it's on the table, he preached for our ministry um, in the 1800s. Preached on the valley of dry bones. So we preach to our Jewish friends. They're dry bones. We preach to our friend, as I said, in, in, in Montana. Agreed with us on some points, disagreed on other points, we left it. We preach. Dry bones. But what happens in Ezekiel 37 when you preach, when you sow the seed, or what I was saying, uh, saying earlier, God, and it was prayed for wonderfully, by the Ruach HaKodesh, by the Holy Spirit of God, the dry bones, the dead, start to rattle. They hear the word. And again, using the illustrations from earlier, it might take 15 years. It might take 25 years. But the wind of God comes and the power of God resurrects to a new life in Jesus. God's power is revealed in the resurrection. You were dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2. But God, rich in mercy, made us alive. You have been raised. You, by grace you have been saved. You have raised us up with Him, seated us in the heavenly places. What power to do to me. This unregenerate, godless sinner, and to raise up and gift righteousness and gift a seat in the heavenlies. And then Romans 8 says, nothing, nothing, nothing in all creation, not even corona, will be able to separate us from the love of God. This is, this is the divine dynamic in the gospel. Whatever life takes, whatever shape it takes, He raises sinners to newness of life, and He will raise the dead to a glorious eternal life. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3 and 4. Peter, the apostle, the Jewish guy. According to His mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. And he goes on and he says, you, you, you who by God's power are guarded or garrisoned through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. We think of the power of the president. We think of the guarding of the president. It's nothing to the way God garrisons the believer. Now, this is, this is not to be reckless in the present. I'm not saying that. But you are garrisoned by God Almighty. The angels and the archangels are engaged for you to bring you home. The host of heaven is for you. The power of God is for you. And gloriously, the power which raised Jesus from the dead will one day do the same to your breathless mortal body. How does that do for us living in the present? as we know the power of God unto salvation. Well, be lifted up by that. Be encouraged by that. There's bad news, but there's good news.
And then don't get puffed up by it, or reckless even. 2 Corinthians 4 says that we have this treasure in jars of clay. Yeah, it's a clay jar. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. And one day, by whatever reason divinely ordained, the clay jar will break. We have no vaccine for that. We have no immunity against our clayness. And so, my friend, will you be found still in the bad news? Will you be found still under wrath? Will the judicial power of divine holiness come upon you with the eternal penalty, or will the merciful power of God's grace bring you safely home? We are in unusual days. People talk about a new normal. Friends, all of this is going to fade away, all of it. There will be a new normal. The power that spoke worlds into being will once again speak. And the sky will roll up like a scroll, Revelation 6.14. And the great and the powerful of the earth will cry out to the rocks to hide them from the powerful wrath of God. And he that is seated on the throne shall declare, Reset! I am making all things new. You have lost folks to COVID, perhaps. I have some friends that I've lost to COVID, ministry friends even. But one day, I am making all things new. No more death, crying, pain. The old order has passed away. That's the new normal that I'm looking forward to when the people of God are shining with the glory of God in everlasting, unbroken, eternal fellowship with God. Physical, tangible fellowship. Oh, how we miss the physical hug. God loves physical fellowship. And one day it'll be for eternity. He who began a good work in you shall bring it to completion. This is the gospel we bring to Jew and Gentile. May God bless the sowing of the good seed. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your work in speaking worlds into being. Thank You for Your work in Your Son. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we would be eager and obligated and intentional in our bringing this glorious gospel, the power of God unto salvation, to the recipients that You have called us to bring it to, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for the glory and praise and honor of our great King, Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. In His name we pray. Amen.